Oh, hello, Cathedral family. God is good and all the time. It's so good to see you, whether you're on site or online, if you're in the building, outside the building. Thanks so much for being here. We've been on this journey exploring questions about God. And we've been doing this with 150 churches around the Bay Area. We're all covering the same questions. And today we wrap up this series by talking about the subject of relationship. Can you actually have a personal relationship with God? How do you have a personal relationship with God? And what is the nature of that personal relationship with God like? And so I invite you to stand with me as we read today's scripture because we sang it a moment ago, but I want you to believe it. I want you to own it. What if I was to tell you that God wants to be your friend? Jesus once said this to his disciples and I invite you to read this out loud with me and let's fill this place with the word of Jesus. Everyone, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. I have called you friends. Say that with me. I have called you friends, that Jesus wants to be our friend, and what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. What a friend we have in Jesus, amen? That Jesus not only wants to be our leader, but Jesus also wants to be our friend. Father, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for all of these amazing People here at Cathedral of Faith, we're all on the spiritual journey together. Thank you for guests and friends that are with us. And I pray that you would lead, guide, and direct us today. I pray that we would know that your offer is available to each one of us. And that you would take us deeper and take us further. Start with me, God. And I pray this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said... One more time, can we give God praise, amen, for who he is and what he does. <laughs> what a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, before you're seated, tell somebody, what a friend we have in Jesus. Go ahead and do that. What a friend we have in Jesus. You can be seated. Does God really want to be my friend? I saw uh, this boy and girl, and there's this picture, and it says, we'll be best friends forever because you already know too much. <laughs> the idea of being a friend, of being a, breast, a best friend. Today, I want to remind you of who you really are. I heard about these two older ladies. They've been friends for a long time, but... Boy, their memories were getting a little bit shaky. Can anyone else feel their pain? And so 
they're playing cards one day and one of them just stops and says, I am so sorry. I know we've been friends for years, but I can't remember your name. <laughs> said, please don't be mad at me. Would you tell me your name? And the other lady just stares at her. And she stares and she stares some more. And finally she says, when do you need to know? <laughs> she had forgotten who she is. And today I want to remind you who you are. That each one of you have been made by God, loved by God, and that God makes this amazing statement that not only does Jesus want to be our leader, Jesus also wants to be our friend. In fact, in some ways, the story of the Bible, back when I was a kid, we used to play a game called hide and seek. Anybody else play that game? And yeah, one person would hide, one person would seek. And that really is the message of the Bible. The Bible is a big book with lots of pages. But if you wanted to sum it up, you could sum it up as being, well, there are those who are hiding and those who are seeking. Go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And when sin enters the world, Adam and Eve are hiding. They're hiding from God. And so God comes into the garden and he's looking for them. And he says to them in Genesis 3, where are you? Where are you? He knows where they are. He wants them to think about where they are. They're the ones who are hiding. God is the one who is seeking. It's been this way since the very beginning. In fact, this is one way that the God of the Bible is different than gods of other religions, that in every other religion, it's about us. It's about us seeking after God. That's where the emphasis is. But in the Bible, God turns the logic on its head and he says, human beings are the ones who are hiding and God is the one who is seeking. That's how much we matter to him. That's how much he loves us. And God is still seeking after us today. He wants to be our friend. And so he's crying out to us, where are you? Where are you? And it's only when you come out of hiding and you let yourself be found by God. Amen. Maybe you can do that today. Amen? Amen. God says this in Jeremiah chapter 31 about how he wants a relationship with us. He says, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. All, say that with me. All, that means me. Say that with me. That means me. They will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Can we give him praise for who he is and what he does? Amen. That we would know him and he would know us. That God is seeking and he wants to be your friend.
And this friendship that he offers to us, it's a gift. It's not something you can buy. It's not something you can earn. Now, we all know the difference between something that is given to you as a gift and something that is earned as a paycheck. I have our friend Roma, uh, Roma Downey has a brand new book out called, it's a children's book called A Message in the Moon. And I have a copy of it and I wanna give it to somebody. If you have little children or little grandchildren, does anybody want this gift? Anybody, let me see your hand if you'd like this gift. Okay, right over here, you'd like this gift. All right. <laughs> Now, I'm going to give you this gift. It's a gift. I just want to give it to you. So here you go. Here's a gift. Now, there's just one thing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> have you seen a picture of my dog? Yes, I have. So if you look right up here, you can see there's my dog. He's a big dog. He weighs 200 pounds. And uh, right now, he is just filthy, and he needs a bath. No problem. So... <laughs> So if you'll cut, he's very friendly, but giving him a bath is like giving a wild horse a bath. But if you'll come over and give him a bath, and then of course, if you'll dry him, and then you'll walk him, and then you'll feed him, then I'm going to give you this book as a gift. All right. What have I done? I've taken that book and turned it from a gift into a paycheck. There's a difference between a gift and a paycheck. How about a big hand for our volunteer? Yeah, it is a gift. And God says the friendship that he offers to us, it's not something that you earn. It's something that is a gift. In Ephesians chapter two, we read this. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a what? It's a what? Yeah. A gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us, none of us can boast about it. See the friendship? Yeah, let's give God praise for his grace. This is another way the God of the Bible is different than every other major world religion. See, every other religion you become a friend of God based on what you do. But the amazing thing about grace is, is we become a friend of not God, not because of what we do, but because of what has been done. What Jesus has done for us. That Jesus lived the perfect life that you and I could not live and he died the death that we deserve to die. And when we put our faith and trust in him, we receive that gift of friendship. Second Corinthians chapter five puts it this way. It says, we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the sin offering for us so that we could be made right with God through Christ. What a friend. Yeah, let's give him praise, amen. What a friend. We have in Jesus. Did you know that Jesus knows all about us and yet he still loves us? He knows all about our past failures. He knows all about our present defects. He knows all about our future struggles. 
He knows all about our dirty laundry. Uh-oh. Because we all have some dirty laundry. That's why we get nervous about getting close to others. Because if we get close to them, they might learn about our dirty laundry. And if they learn about our dirty laundry, they might not want to be our friends anymore. And yet we come to Jesus and the one who knows my worst is the one who loves me best. What a friend we have in Jesus. And when I take my dirty laundry and I offer it to him, he washes it and he cleans it and he makes me whole again. Can we give him praise for who he is and what he does for us? So yes, God wants to have a, a relationship with us. Jesus wants to be our leader and to be our friend. And the friendship that he offers, it's a gift. But once we receive that gift, oh, what a friend. Amen. We start to enjoy his companionship. Enjoy. Say that with me. Enjoy. Not endure. Enjoy. You know, in one place, the Bible says this about a man named Noah. It says that he walked with God. I love that phrase. He walked with God. Because after church, if you go to the mall, you're going to see people walking. In fact, I'm going to invite, if I can, would Kurt and, and Dr. Wayne come on up and illustrate this? How about a big hand for my brother, Pastor Kurt and Dr. Wayne? So if you're going to... If you go to the mall, you're going to see people walking and you're going to see different ways of walking. For example, uh, you'll see some people that are walking in opposite directions. They'll just walk right by each other. Can we do that? All right. How about a big hand? They're doing great, right? All right. Now you're going to see other people that are walking. They're walking in the same direction, but they're one's way up here and one's way back there. There's a great distance between them. Can we... Start walking. Isn't that great? How about another big hand for our drama team up here? All right. But then you're going to see other people at the mall, and they're walking, and they're right next to each other. I mean, just joined at the hip. And, that, <laughs> and they're walking, and they're talking. We can go ahead and do that. I call these the walkie-talkies. And they're enjoying each other's company. One more time, how about a big hand? Yeah. So let me ask you a question. If you're putting yourself in that drama, where do you fit in? When it comes to you and God, are you walking in different directions? Are you walking in the same direction as Jesus? But man, he's way up there, I'm way back here. There's just this real distance. But what if you and I, in the day, we walk side by side with Jesus, walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, enjoying each other's company, because that's what friends do. I saw this one sign that said, the best antiques are old friends. And I guess my buddy and I, we must be antiques by now because we've been friends for 40 years. We met at church. We've been friends for a long time and we do all kinds of things together. We'll catch a football game. 
or we'll uh, go catch a cup of coffee or we'll serve here at the church together or we'll fix lawn furniture in the backyard. And it doesn't matter what we're doing that matters. We just enjoy being together. And the fact that we're together, that's what matters to us. Because friends enjoy each other's company. Imagine this, that God enjoys your company. What? I mean, when I think about God as my friend, I think, well, maybe God has pity on me or feels sorry for me. Or God, well, he's God and he has to be my friend. But what if you thought about it this way? That God wants to be your friend and he enjoys your company. How would that shape the way that you went through the day? Now that brings us to the cathedral challenge this week. I want us to lean into this idea of being aware of his presence and enjoying his companionship. Here's something I invite you to do for the next seven days. You can do anything for seven days. For the next seven days, every time you find yourself waiting, We wait a lot every day. Every time you find yourself waiting, take that time of waiting and turn it into a time of worship. When you find yourself waiting for a cup of coffee, or when you find yourself waiting at a stoplight, or when you find yourself waiting for an Uber driver. I saw Mr. Bean on the side of a road, and you can see up here he's waiting and he's waiting, and he's waiting for his ride, and he's still waiting for his ride, and he's still waiting for his ride. That was me on my last Uber ride, waiting. We all are waiting, but I encourage you, take that time of waiting, turn it into a time of worship, let your mind drift toward God, think great thoughts about God, whisper prayers of gratitude to God. There's something about being aware of his presence. There was a spiritual leader by the name of Brother Lawrence, and he said, there is not in the world a kind of life more sweet and delightful than that of a continual conversation with God. What if we leaned into that more this week and we enjoyed the companionship we have with our friend See, what a friend we have in Jesus. And as we walk with him, we start to be shaped by his influence. And over here, I have something that I used to use when I was a kid. Guess what this is called? Silly putty. Do you remember this? Silly putty, it was so much fun. Today they have metallic silly putty and magnetic silly putty, but back then, this is how it came. It was just plain old silly putty, but it was still so much fun. I'm getting in touch with my inner child today. And one of the things I used to do is I would take the silly putty and I would find a newspaper. Remember what a newspaper is? If you're under 30, Google it, you'd take a newspaper and you'd take the silly putty and you would press the silly putty up against the comics and then you would pull it off and it would leave a mark, an imprint on that silly putty. 
What you press up against, it leaves a mark on you. Who you press up against, it leaves an imprint on you. Who you rub shoulders with, we know how this works. I saw these two ladies, and well, the two ladies, it says, we've been friends for so long, I can't remember which one is the bad influence. (laughs) We know how that works. Friends rub off on each other. In fact, the Bible recognizes this. It says, bad company corrupts good character. With bad company corrupts good character, then good company can improve bad character. And that's what happens when we're rubbing shoulders with Jesus. When we're pressing into him. His image starts to get imprinted on us. And it shapes the way we think and the way we feel and the way that we talk and the way that we act. When we press into Jesus as our friend and our leader, his life begins to mark us. But how do we do that? How do we lean into Jesus? Well, you're already off to a good start. If you took the Cathedral Challenge last week, we've been reading one chapter a day in the book of Mark, and we've been immersing ourselves into the ways and words of Jesus. And when you meditate on the words and ways of Jesus, time out, wait a second, what's meditation? I don't know how to meditate. Yes, you do. How many know how to worry? Yeah, everybody knows how to worry. What do you do when you worry? You go over something, a problem, again and again and again and again. What do you do when you meditate? You go over the words of Jesus again and again and again until you digest them and they become a part of you and they mark your life. Yeah, let's give him praise. His words and his ways, they leave their mark. And I've seen this happen over the last 42 years that I've been on staff. I've seen the way that Jesus has marked his people as they press into him. I'll never forget being at a dinner with a man who had had a liver transplant and he had turned the corner, was doing well. And, uh, but what really I remember about this dinner most was what he told me about one of the other parishioners at the church. He said, this friend of his had come up And while he was waiting for a donor so he could get a new liver, his friend stepped up and offered to give him half their liver. Now, I don't know a lot about the medical procedure, but as I understand it, that can be a pretty dangerous thing to do, to give somebody half your liver. And yet, this parishioner stepped up and said, You can have half my liver. Now, he didn't take them up on their offer. But the fact that they did offer it, I thought, I know who that person's been rubbing up against. They've been rubbing up against Jesus. Because Jesus would say things like this. Greater love has no one than this than they lay down their life for their friend. As we press into Jesus, starts to shape the way that we do life. 
There's something about his friendship. What a friend we have in Jesus. He transforms our life in the best kind of way. And that brings us to his loyalty, how we can be grateful for his loyalty. Uh, in, the, in Proverbs, we find this. It says, a friend loves at all times. Would you say that with me? A friend loves at all times. Jesus will always be faithful to you. I want to say that again. Jesus will always be faithful to you as a friend. He will. Because our friends, they have feet of clay. Our other friends have feet of clay. And at some point or another, during the course of your life, your friend is going to let you down. They just are. Recently, I was talking with one of the moms just this week uh, here at the church, and she was telling me about her son. And now this week, her son was supposed to go with a buddy to this place called Chicken Drip. Now, as I understand it, this is the hip and trendy place for young people. And so they were supposed to go to Chicken Drip, and then his buddy just bailed on him. For no good reason, his buddy bailed on him. Don't you hate when that happens? But I love how her son responded. He, instead of getting all bent out of shape, he said, no, that's all right. You know what I'm going to do? Me and Jesus, we're going to get in the car and we're going to go down to Chicken Drip together. And that's what he did. I love it. He went and had dinner with Jesus that night. Because Jesus is going to be with you. When other people let you down, Jesus will always be faithful. In the Bible, the apostle Paul, he's once uh, in prison for preaching about Jesus. And while he's in prison for one reason or another, everybody bailed on him. He had friends, but everybody bails on him because human beings have feet of clay. Someone needs to hear this. But when everybody else walked out, Jesus walked in. And the Apostle Paul writes this. He says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, at my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone, everyone deserted me. But the Lord, the Lord, say that with me. The Lord, say it again. The Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is my faithful friend. Even when I'm unfaithful. Even when I'm unfaithful. In one place it says, even when we are unfaithful, God remains faithful. Because he cannot deny who he is. One of the most striking pictures in the whole Bible was found the night when Judas betrays Jesus. I mean, it's one thing to get betrayed by a stranger or to have an acquaintance sell you out. But have somebody that you poured your heart and soul to to have them sell you out for 30 pieces of silver, it can't get much worse than that. And yet when Judas comes to betray Jesus with a kiss, look at what Jesus does. 
he reminds Judas of who he really is and what he has. And he says to Judas at this point, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. My friend, even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. Can we give him praise for his faithful friendship? Hallelujah. So my question today, in just a moment, the team's gonna sing, we're gonna receive communion, but the question today is this. Will you receive his friendship? It's a gift, will you receive it? The quarterback for the 49ers talked about his relationship with God and what that relationship has meant to him. And I invite you to watch the screens and listen to what he had to say. I think the media, for sure, there was, you know, questions brought up in terms of, like, you know, how do you do it? And um, for, for myself, it was, honestly, you want the truth? Because this is the truth. And I'm not going to just say, you know, like a worldly answer of, you know, I, I look in the mirror every night and I tell myself I'm good. It's none of that. It's, yeah. it's man, like, this is who God has called me to be, and I've believed that from day one. I believe that Jesus Christ did come down and died for my sins. And and rose again and and he's living you know he's living and sitting beside god on the throne and so i believe that it's not just some story fairy tale thing it's it's real and it it, is, it allows me to you know stay level-headed and, and real with life and i know what my purpose is and so mm. that all has allowed me to play my game it has allowed me to play football at this level and um you know um i, I don't go into the locker room telling everyone you know, I believe this or that, or it, it just comes about, you know, when guys ask me or they're interested and, in, you know, what helps you do what you do, then yeah, I share. Um, but, you know, I just, the biggest thing for me is just loving all my teammates, you know, being where they're at, relating with them, um, being a relatable teammate. Um, and then, you know, if they ask about what, what I believe in, then I'm, I'm all, I'm all for sharing. So. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, please. And uh, wherever you're at on campus, stand. Let's lock in as we prepare to go to the Lord's table. Bow your heads with me for a moment. If you'd say, Pastor Ken, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus, but I've never really stepped across the line and surrendered my life to him and made him my leader and received an offer of his friendship. And I want to make that decision today. Today's the day. I'm not going to drag my feet anymore. I have one life to live, and I want to live that life surrendered to Jesus Christ and receive his gift. He's the best friend you'll ever have. And if that's a decision you're making, wherever you're at, God sees your hand. He sees your heart. Just lift up your hand and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I'm receiving the gift of his friendship today. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Up in the balcony, you'd say, Pastor Ken, that's me. That's me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all those who are 
putting their faith and trust in you today. They're surrendering their life to you. They're turning away from where they were headed and they're turning towards you. And we're, they're receiving the gift of your friendship and forgiveness. I pray that all of us today, Lord, that we would all be once more in awe of the amazing truth that you, our leader, have invited us into this friendship. And that you would take that friendship and our experience of it to a deeper and deeper and deeper level. We're so grateful, Jesus. Thank you for being so faithful. Even when we've been unfaithful, you are faithful. And we're grateful for that. We give you honor and glory and praise. And all God's people said, amen. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Vaughn's coming to lead us in a great song. And as he does, let's prepare our hearts to receive communion together. Could you put your hands together like this? Let's make a sound of praise together.
to the Lord's table, Jesus gave us this experience to let us know in a very tangible way how close he is to us. This is the bread of Christ. And as we eat, we're reminded of the nearness of our best friend, Jesus. Let's receive his friendship together. Thank you, Lord. This is his, this is the cup that, the cup of Christ. He gave his life so that we could have life, so there could be that friendship. And today we celebrate it and we drink of the cup of Christ, grateful for the friendship that we have. Let's drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now I invite you to declare, let's make this affirmation of faith together. Everybody here at Cathedral, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it for great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. I'm his child. I'm an heir with God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. The weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all. Oh, cathedral, God is good. And all the time. And Jesus is your leader and Jesus is your friend. He is your friend. Well, I lean into that this week. Just a couple of things. 
If you need prayer, our team will be here right after service to pray with you and for you. And tonight, like I said, it's the last showing of the uh, youth production tonight at 7 o'clock. And so I encourage you, if you haven't seen it yet, come out and support it. I love our cathedral family. Amen. Oh, and I pray you're going to have a blessed week in every way. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you walk with an awareness that Jesus is your friend. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, I pray this. All God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you as you go.